business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business and People podcast. This is the show where we take business and we talk about the people. And today on the show, we have somebody ready to flaunt. We're talking with none other than Laura Cheadle, who's who's a published author. She's a former attorney turned author, speaker, and radio personality. And she's now the kind of person that you really want in your corner. She's the author of Flaunt. And let me just make sure I get that title 100% correct, which is Drop the Cover, Find Your Fetish, Laugh Out Loud, and really make sure you have the life of your dreams. Reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Laura, I'm ready to do all of those things. Welcome to the show. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I am ready too. Now, it's an amazing journey to go from the attorney's world into a, an environment where you describe yourself as a life choreographer. How did that all come together? Well, it was kind of a progression. I practiced corporate law for 10 years and I loved it, but I really found that I was boxed in. Um, I was judged for being a female, for being young, for mm. being smart, for what I wore, for being too masculine, for being too feminine, for being, for being me. And along about the time I had my second baby, I thought, you know what? I went to law school because I wanted to help people solve problems. And all I'm doing is arguing and this is not solving problems. So that's when I left law and started exploring different modalities and kind of came up with this flaunt process. Wow, very cool. So when you, when you um, originally enrolled in law, and I want to really dig into this because I know you speak about women in business and you want to make sure that the empowerment of women in business is, is really prevalent. You went to law, you, you obviously worked damn hard at school to be able to get into that position. And once you got into that role, you were disappointed by how you were treated uh, almost as a female right, in that position, um, and then obviously have left that environment and have gone on to, to, to develop the, the Flaunt framework where you're now empowering women to be able to go forward and, and take control of their own lives. Were you shocked at the, uh, I guess, discrimination is the wrong word, but are you, were you shocked about the treatment of, in such a, an esteemed establishment uh, of people who are talented and smart coming through because they were female? Uh, yes. And you're right. It, it, it is discrimination a little bit because of female, but I think it happens to a lot of us in business yeah. everywhere. People have this preconceived notion of what a teacher looks like, yeah. what an entrepreneur does, yeah. what a business person does. And the thing is, we are all very unique individuals and we have got this wide range of gifts. And it's that whole round peg and square hole thing. Yeah. There are all of these careers and we don't fit into the career as other people think we should fit into that career mold. Interesting. And Yeah. And when we're able to really fully express ourselves, when we're able to bring all facets of who we are and share all of our gifts, that's where genius happens. That's mm. where business growth and success goes off the charts. I mean, you can look at, you know, any of the great visionaries out there and they did not just fill a role. They don't so fit. Yeah. why... Yeah, so why are companies creating roles for people and then saying, fill this role, fill this role? 
that's all you're ever going to get is a filled role and dissatisfied employees. Wow. And, and we've had plenty of guests on the show that have talked about the statistics of, you know, 70, 80% of people are disengaged in their work. And, and that's, probably, that's probably true. So when we, not probably true, that, that's extremely true, but that probably the reason is because we're trying to fill a role rather than um, a, a accept a personality into the business to grow in their, in their own way. So how did the transition happen for you? Let's, let's take me back to the day that you've that you're you're in this amazing legal profession for ten years, and the day that you you hand the letter in and say I'm done, I'm out, and you know what happened after that? <laughs> it was a great day. I was really excited. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, right. It was a while leading up to it. I mean, really, it was probably a two year process, and I went part time. Um, I asked, nobody had gone part-time in my company before, but I did. And that was okay. But part-time work is not the answer because when you're at home, you're thinking about work. And when you're at work, you're thinking about home. So it's really two full-time jobs for half as much pay. Um, I turned in the letter and I thought, I need to completely disengage for a while here. And I need to re-center myself. And I need to remember who I am. And I need to remember why I went to law school and what it was that I was passionate about and how to help people. And I just needed a break and I needed to read and process and take some classes and learn about the different things that were out there and just reconnect with myself. I call it my sparkle. I say all of our souls sparkle. It's just sparkles in a different way. And I needed to find my sparkle again. So then I could figure out how to proceed because sometimes we're so busy just going fast that we miss the forest for the trees. And I thought, "Uh uh-uh, this is my transition and I need to do what I'm passionate about, not what is just this kind of next thing that I think might be okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the, the realization that today's the day you've handed in the letter, you, you now are at that point where you, you really feel like you need to reconnect, refine your sparkle, as you've, as you've now said. At some point during that next phase, or maybe it happened before, you tell me, um, you went, I know, I've got it. I can feel it. This is where I'm, I'm destined to go. What was that transition about for you? Oh, oh, I thought I was there several different times. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Yeah. Make, make no mistake that it's, we always think the trajectory of our journey is from point A to point B and it's just not, it's like, it just never is. Yeah. I didn't talk on exactly that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to be hypnotherapy. I was fascinated with hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy is amazing. I use that as a modality, but I thought, that's it. I'm going to be a hypnotherapist. And then I thought, but that is only restructuring the mind. And I'm more than that. Mm. I'm not just my mind and my habits. And then I thought, well, I've always taught fitness. I've always been a dancer. And I thought, personal training, maybe personal training would be the thing. This is great got certified, started personal training. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's just all about the body. And I'm more than the habits and I'm more than the body. And then I started doing several different energy modalities. Um, some, of, some of the energy work, some of the intuitive guidance counseling, started dabbling in all of that. And I thought, okay, this is it. And then the same thing. It's like, no, we're more than spirits. Yeah. We're we're minds, we're habits, we're emotions, we're spirits, and we're bodies. Mm. And that's when I started pulling all three of those things together. Wow. And the whole phrase, mind, body, spirit, is so overused. And mm. I thought, that's not exactly what I'm doing. And since I'm a dancer, 
a good choreographer takes all of the elements of everything that's already there, the dancer's abilities, the size of the stage, the lighting, the costuming, everything. They have to take everything that's already there and they have to create a beautiful, cohesive, meaningful dance. And I thought that's what I'm doing with people. I'm taking their bodies and their habits and their life experiences and their level of education and their desires and their hearts and their souls. And I'm choreographing with them so they can create something meaningful and beautiful and passionate for them. Wow. Yeah. And yes, once all of that came together, it's been an incredible ride since then. But that took that took probably 10 years wow. of molding and trying and working with people and finding out what I didn't know because we never know what we don't know. Yeah, that's the problem. We're confronted with it. Yeah, yeah. So now um, you work with clients, Laura, like you, you, somebody comes to you and they say, what, are the, what do they say? How do clients come to you and, and what's their opening line to you normally? Most people's opening line is something to the effect of, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Right. And you should say, just never do it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no, true. So they, people are coming to you confused. Are they coming to you a little bit lost in their journey? Yes. Yes. Because they know that what they're doing is not quite it. Yeah. It's like they've got their finger near the pulse, mm. but not on the pulse. Mm. And they'll say, I know this is important to me. I know work-life balance is a thing. I know my health is a thing. I know I, you know, I'm passionate about this. I know I'm good at that. But what do I do with all of that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so what's your, what's your framework? Like I, I, I want people to go to your website, which is laurachiedle.com, by the way, and we'll make sure that that links in the show notes. But what's your framework? How do you take someone from, Laura, I don't know what to do with my life, towards, you know, really choreographing that with them? Do you go through, I mean, I'm sure you do have a set process, and I don't want you to oh, yeah. give away this, the, the secrets on the call. But what, what are the steps that you work through initially with someone to help them kind of find that direction for themselves? No, absolutely. There's, it's like a three, a three step framework and flaunt is a part of that. The first thing we do is recognize and release. We need to recognize and release our labels, our rules and our scripts because growing up, none of us are ever asked, how do you want to feel as an adult? Wow. How do you want to balance life? How do you want to live joyfully? We're always asked, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is recognizing and releasing. What were the labels that were put on you by other people? Wow. You're smart. You're not so smart. You're good at numbers. You're the funny one. You're the fat one. You're wow. the lazy one. You're the yeah. re releasing all of those labels, separating ourselves from our roles. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a lawyer. I can do all of these things, but I am not my roles. Wow. And many people don't want to leave work because they're over-identified with their role. So that's the first step is recognizing and just releasing all that we're not so we can find who we are, yeah. which, which leads right into the second step. And that's reveal. And that's revealing that inner sparkle, revealing yeah. our passions, revealing our truth. Wow. And in that reveal stage, that's where we go through the five steps of flaunt. And flaunt is an acronym. It stands for F, find your fetish, L, laugh out loud, AU, the atomic symbol for gold, is the golden center of flaunt, and that's accept unconditionally, N is navigate the negative, 
And T is trust in your truth. And those are five steps that I have people work on doing every day. And then that rolls us into that last step, which is re-choreograph. Because we can't choreograph or re-choreograph anything until we know who we are and what we value. Mm. And what's the what's the expect uh, what's the expected or um, celebrated result after somebody's worked with you and they've gone through that process of discovery? What what does their life look like before and after? Mm-hmm. Before, there's as definitely a certain amount of confusion, mm-hmm. and there's always this jumping from thing to thing, trying to please other people. I'll make my boss happy. I'll make my partner happy. I have to do this to please my, my parents, my kids, my friends. That always struggling. I've, gotta, I've got to go to the gym because I have to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I've got to clean the house because people are coming over. Constantly jockeying for a position, constantly afraid of what people are going to say and what people will think, and never never quite knowing and never quite feeling the way you want to feel. Yeah. Like I think, I think 90% of the people listening would, would identify with that right now. Oh, absolutely. Because people will so often say to me, I look around and everything is perfect in my life. On paper, it looks amazing. Why am I not connected or happy? Yeah. And that's that shift afterwards. Afterwards, you are deeply embedded and connected in your life. You also have so much more self-confidence because suddenly you're pleasing yourself and you're validating yourself and you're trusting in your truth and you are taking action that feels good and satisfying to you. So you're going to the gym because it's really fun yeah. and it's playtime for adult. It's not you're going to the gym because I have to, because I ate the cake, because I have to lose 10 pounds. Everything just shifts from that hammering away to, ah. Uh, yeah. You know the picture of um, the sound of music where she's on the hill spinning? And I, I can hear her. I can hear Julie Andrews in my head right now. Yes. That's how you feel afterwards because it all works and because you've let go of all of your burdens. Do you know, it's funny, Laura, as, as I talk to a lot of CEOs and entrepreneurs and business people, and it's funny, if you, if you grabbed any one of them individually and said, what do you want out of life? 99% of the time, the answer always comes back, happiness. And I think if we, if we look at, you know, so many people uh, have, have looked to define the purpose of life and all of that kind of stuff, and, and I think if we took it as a collective viewpoint that, that we're all just chasing joy and happiness and fulfilment, I, I completely hear what you're saying, that from so many societal expectations, people are losing that because they, they're not celebrating who they are what they are inside, they're, they're being labeled, as you said, that person's an accountant, this person's overweight, that person is always late, they're a mom, whatever the label might be. And because of that, they're, they're being boxed, as you felt, in the law degree, in your, in your law career, and not able to actually expressively be free. So once people have worked with you, am, am I right in saying that most of the time they're not changing their jobs or they're not changing their situation, they're just changing how they feel about those things? Mm-hmm. Yes. Some people do change. You know, some oh, people course. absolutely realize, but no, most people come to me with this laundry list of, I need a new job, I need a new partner, and I need to lose 20 pounds. Yeah. And by the end of working with me, they're like, no, this is great. These are the tweaks that I might need to make, 
but it really is learning how to appreciate and value yourself and fall in love with who you are right now, mm. not who you think you should be. Because that's that place where we all get tripped up. We think we should do something before. We should work before we play. We mm. should look a certain way before we pursue a relationship. We should bill a certain number of hours. It's just this whole mind game that's really ludicrous. Wow, interesting. And I, I, I'm trying to remember we had another guest that talked about changing the language that we, that we tell ourselves in terms of I have to do this because and changing that very simply to I want to do this for the result that it's going to achieve to be able to just do it for do it for yourself. Now, obviously, when people head to your website, they can download, you've got a free ebook, which is 15 ways to flaunt and be able to fall in love with yourself and your life, which again, from anybody who's listening, um, I can I can feel two people listening right now, Laura. I can feel the, the, the masculine listener who's going, it's all too fluffy for me. <laughs> and I can feel the feminine listener going, thank God, somebody's talking my language. For, for both of those people, the masculine, you guys can do this secretly, okay? When you park your car right now, when you're, you're probably on the commute listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you for that. When you get to work, before you get out of the car, go to laurachittle.com and just scroll down on your phone. We won't tell anybody. And you can download 15 Ways to Flaunt and fall in love with yourself and your life and live every moment with fulfillment, okay? Go and get that done. And for the feminine side of things, you, you're going to celebrate that and be able to, to recognize what Laura is putting across there. And I think that's really, really powerful. Being able to, no matter which direction that listener is coming from, Laura, being able to identify with the happiness and the joy of the life that you're trying to create, I think is such a powerful thing. When you, can, I, can I focus on the business side just for a second? As you've yes. gone through these transitions, so you've left that corporate law environment, you would have, I, I'm, I'm sure, struggled against society going to you, what the heck are you doing, Laura? You're throwing everything away, to now being able to create something that really brings you joy. How did the business side of that come together for you? Did you, did you struggle initially getting in and being an entrepreneur or how did that all work out? Absolutely. Just because it was something that I hadn't done before. Yes. And just like anything, if you do something and you have never done it before, there's a learning curve. And, you know, growing a business is challenging mm. and you can only do what you can do when you can only know what you know. And I think seeking coaching, seeking advice, seeking help from other people who have been down that road is truly invaluable. But I also think it's really important to approach it with a sense of grace and understanding and compassion for yourself because I made some bad decisions and that's okay. It doesn't mean that this is all for naught and I need to quit and this was a stupid idea and that I'm a mean, wrong, bad, terrible person. <laughs> so what, what were some of the big mistakes you made and what were the, what were the lessons you learned as a result? Um, for me, my biggest mistakes always happened when I was in a hurry to get mm -hmm. something done. Mm -hmm. When I would reach out and I would think, I'm just going to hire this person because they say they can fix it for me. And then you just turn it over because you're overwhelmed and busy. And then a month or so later you go, oh, what was, that's not okay. <laughs> so for me, it was always hurrying. Don't hurry. Just How do you resolve that? Personally, how do you personally resolve that? When you find yourself just about to make that decision because you're in a rush, what do you do? Meditate. Nice. I really, really find meditation valuable. And it's so ironic. Um, for me, it's either meditation or working out or both. I either need to vent the stuff out through some vigorous exercise or I need to tone everything down with some meditation. Wow. And it's 
yeah, one or the other, but I just need to get out of that, that path because we get locked in and it's like, I've just got to unlock myself, get out of my head and into my body because our bodies hold the key to so much. We just don't listen to them. Interesting. Interesting. Tell me about meditation for a second. I'm fascinated and uh, impressed and amazed by the, I guess, groundswell around successful people and, you know, whatever the model of that word means and their reliance on meditation. It's Mm -hmm. really fascinating for me to to, uh, have CEOs, to have startup founders, to have incredible successful people who, as a vast majority, are looking at meditation as an incredible tool that they use in their daily life. What's meditation for you? How, how often, how long, your strategy? What do, what do you work with in that world? I am so unconventional with meditation. I do whatever feels right in the moment. Cool. I had mentioned earlier, whether it's meditation or working out, it's getting me out of my head and into my body. Mm. We are all these walking brains. Education is valued. Being thoughtful is valued. But, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, we're more than just our brain. We have bodies too, and our bodies have a lot of wisdom and intuition and emotion and feeling. And for me, when I meditate, how I do it is I focus on some of my five, one, two, three, all five of my five senses. I will start smelling something, Mm -hmm. whether it's just hand lotion with a scent or a candle. Mm-hmm. I will start looking at something intentionally, you know, like I've, I've got a microphone in front of me. I see it all the time, but I will start looking at it. I will mm-hmm. look at the pattern of the net. I will look at the ridges. I will look, I start moving into that. If I'm eating food, I will start really tasting it. What is mm-hmm. the texture? What is the consistency? I will start using my body and feeling my body and just noticing and from there, you just drop into this place of quietness. Mm-hmm. So it's hyper-focus, and then you can just melt away, and mm-hmm. it's diffuse, and it's soft. And then you can start feeling, I will feel my stomach is tight, I'm nervous, or my shoulders are way up here around my ears, and I'm not breathing. And I just start noticing my body, you know, is is my whole scalp, sometimes my scalp will get tense because I'm thinking so hard. Are my fists clenched? Are my toes gripping? And I just start moving into making my body feel good. And then once I find that place of, yeah, smoothed out, even, I can stay there for a while or I can just be like, yeah, I've got it and move on. Yeah. So- 30 seconds to 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> several, several times per day? Yeah. Times Some, a- sometimes, several times a day. Sometimes once a day is enough. It really mm. depends on what's going on. I'm not rigid or regimented. It's just a tool. It's like when you're thirsty, you take a drink. Yeah. When you're hungry, you eat. Interesting. Interesting. And, and again, from, from my perspective, like, and I hate to use the, the stereotypes, but the, the typical alpha male kind of world of, even the discussion about meditation was shunned up until such, you know, recent times. And when you look at, uh, I think I was reading um, Ray Dalia's book where he talked about meditation literally saved his life. This is one of the guys, the, the biggest hedge fund investors in the world, talking about the fact that meditation has been his principle for success. We really started to bring into the awareness. And, and again, so many people 
in an entrepreneurial leadership kind of role, uh, referencing meditation as, as the go-to. Um, as we look at that, if, if typically I mentioned that our audience are entrepreneurs, they're driven business individuals, and that group, by the very nature of who they are, are stressed out. <laughs> they're always, you know, they're always heading for something. They're always in a hurry. They're always, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, as we know. What advice would you give? Let, like, let, let's speak to a person right now, somebody who, who's in the car, they're on the motorway, they're listening to the podcast, they're on their way to their job, and they are stressed. And as you talked about your stomach being tight, they went, yep, mine too. And they, they are the typical driven person that we, that we associate with. What tools would you give or what tips would you give to that person to be able to tap in to the meditation in an easy way that, that becomes friendly for them? Mm-hmm perfectionist type A right here. So absolutely. (laughs) For me, what helped, and this is what I would advise people to do too, is success and relaxation go hand in hand. Being driven and being relaxed truly go hand in hand. And when we're charging ahead, we're missing the joy. We're missing the journey. There is no destination. A driven, successful person, for me, it's, okay, first undergrad, now law school, now the bar in California, now the bar in California, on Colorado, now the job, now the house. Now it's always that next thing. We That's our modus operandi is succeeding and achieving. And unless we're enjoying it, it's completely pointless. So move into the fact that you want to be driven. Move into that fact and be like, yes, and it's always going to be here. And there's always going to be something after this. How can I enjoy this now? Wow. Yeah. Turning around to that, how can I enjoy it? for me helps because I know it's never ending for me. I know I'm a creator and how can I enjoy this step? Wow. That's really interesting. I've never heard that phrase put that way, that success and relaxation go hand in hand. And when you think about that, like uh, I had a call just before this with the amazing John Spence and he was talking about having some people in his world that were at the billionaire level and they weren't happy, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of money, like they have it, but in terms of happiness, they weren't even in the same room. To, to reference the fact that success and relaxation go so well hand in hand and, and one without the other really has no relevance or no position, it's a right. really fascinating fact for me, Laura. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's life-changing. Yeah, it's definitely. Life-changing. Once you start realizing, I'm wanting to be successful so I can, mm. then insert your reason of why, and it's so I can enjoy my life and enjoy my family, and so I can be very present for people. When I work with people, people are always like, oh my gosh, you're my best friend, and we feel really connected. It's not that I'm just sitting here you know, watching the clock. <laughs> You've got six more minutes of friendship left. Right. It's joyful and it's fun. And that's why I do it. And that was not how it was encouraged to be done as an attorney. That was a very clock watching. Don't get too personal. Well, I think if lawyers did get more personal and quit watching the clock, we might achieve settlements that were more beneficial for everybody involved and people would spend a lot less on legal fees and it would be a better system. So yes, be successful and be relaxed, and let's live. Nice. Very, very cool. Laura, can I ask you to speak to kids for a second? So one of the things, you're father of two daughters um, going through school at the moment, and and very, very much um, 
conscious of the development of society pressure on on those kids. If you had the opportunity to to speak to a room full of of high school seniors, and so we we're now in this kind of uh, teenage environment. They're very aware of being judged and and all of that kind of stuff, and defining themselves by what they're seen by their peers. What kind of message would you like to stand on stage and deliver to that room full of high school seniors? I would love to first encourage them to know their truth and to stand in their truth and to understand that whether it's parents or teacher or clergymen or whoever is giving them input and guidance, they are giving them input and guidance, but they are still a human being inside and they still have thoughts and feelings and they are entitled to get in touch with those thoughts and feelings and to share and to have a dialogue. That is the first thing that I would say to them. Mm. And then second is that judgment piece. And I would like to explain to them that when somebody judges you, it says something about them. It doesn't say anything about you. Mm. Because when I judge somebody, it really means I'm threatened. I'm a little threatened that they're making more money than I have. Mm. I'm threatened that they're stealing my ideas. I'm threatened that they're smarter, faster, prettier, younger, thinner, Mm. have a better house, a better dog, a better... Judgment says something about the person making the judgment. Yep. The person receiving the judgment, it's irrelevant. And when you know your truth inside, it's so much easier to be like, great, I honor that you see that in me, but I know who I am inside. Yeah. And you can judge me or put rules around me or do anything, and it doesn't take away this glorious, sparkling, full-faceted being that I am inside. Which is, I think a lot of people will only identify with, uh, you know, later in life. For me, I know that it was, was mid-20s before that kind of realisation came to pass. Uh, I, I want to dig into knowing your truth just, just for, for a moment. Um, and this is something that I, uh, I, I, tell my, I told my youngest daughter not so very long ago um, when she was having some uh, trouble with self-perception and that kind of stuff. And I, we've got a, a gym in the house and, and on you know, one wall of the gym is the, the mirror so you can see how your technique is going and all that kind of gear. And I asked her to stand in front of the mirror and just look into her own eyes and realise that there was nobody else in the room and that she was okay. And taking away that kind of um, noise from around you and when everything else is gone, you're still here, was mm-hmm. a was a night you could see her kind of uh, not swelling up but but rearmoring herself with that kind of realization that when everybody else is gone I'm still here and I'm okay mm-hmm. how do you how do you help people find their truth I use again in identifying your labels and roles in your scripts. And I love that you just said re-armoring because that falls right into this. I use the concept of burlesque and burlesque is not stripping. Burlesque comes from the root word burla, which means mockery or parody. And it's a form of entertainment that has evolved over the years, but it involves revealing something. Mm -hmm. So it's taking off the dress, and you see it's the corset pulling in the waist. The person's Mm -hmm. waist doesn't look like that. Mm -hmm. It's taking off the mask and realizing that what you thought was a woman is indeed a bearded man. Mm -hmm. It's taking off something to reveal what's underneath. Interesting. And and that's why I said I, I love the use of the armor because it is. It's that realization of 
what are we putting on and what are we taking off and what is it underneath? Mm. It is hard to be a teenager. I've got two kids in college. It's hard. So once you know your identity, then you can put on the layer of love from your family, the layer of respect from yourself. Mm -hmm. You can put on the student persona. You can put on the work persona, and then you can come home and you can take that off and you can relax. You don't have to wear your armor all the time. Interesting. So it's that awareness of who we are, what we're putting on and why. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. And um, uh, how can people flaunt more easily? Oh, I, I, I love that you asked that. And I'm also going to tie that in. Men do flaunt. Men are judged. Absolutely. Just as as Absolutely. If a man cries at work, it is not okay in our culture. <laughs> Sometimes men want to cry at work and that's okay. <laughs> One of the biggest ways I think we can all flaunt is having an honest expression of emotion saying what's coming up. We tend to be so guarded. If we're confused about something, say. Don't apologize. Just say. If we're feeling emotional over something, just say it. Mm -hmm. It makes us more human. It allows us to connect with other people more deeply. It provides grace all the way around. Say whatever it is honestly that you're feeling. And I think that is my number one tip on how to flaunt every day. Interesting. Making sure that you're, you're, you, you use the phrase to know your truth. And, and that is part of that. I'm, I'm really feeling that in terms of saying what is your true feeling is, mm-hmm. is part of recognizing who you are at that point in time and how you're reacting and responding to the world around you. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Cool. Super cool. So what's, what's next for you, Laura? Like I, I love the, the flaunt branding. I think that's fantastic. I know that you're speaking around the world, especially helping women empower their own selves in, in the places that they find them. Um, where are you headed? What's your, what's your next schedule? Uh, I am still on. My book was just released November 5th. So I'm kind of on book tour all over, which is a ton of fun. I've got my second book in works and I'm about to do, I do 90 day group coaching programs. I am just wrapping up the one on the habits and the mind. I'm just about to start my 90 day flaunt fitness, which is getting in touch with your body, getting out of your head and into your body. And then I'll be moving on to the 90 day emotion, emotional intelligence, spirit, intuition piece. Awesome. Fantastic. And in terms of um, what you're looking to do with the Flaunt brand and and, uh, where we see you on the horizon in years to come? Oh, I'm taking over the world with this. I like it. (laughs) I I think that's such a, the person who's going to take over the world is, shouldn't be some evil genius. They should be someone that helps people sparkle. I think that Vote Laura. I'm in for that. (laughs) Me too. Make us all happy because life has just gotten so heavy and dark and depressing and let's have fun. And, you know, we, again, I keep referencing other guests, which has been an incredible resource for, I hope, everybody who's listening on the podcast, but certainly for me personally, there's been a major awareness of the mental illness side of things and the depression and the the struggle. Um, And I, I... I feel like it doesn't have to be that way. No. 
And a lot of that is because we're covering who we really are. So every day we feel like we're living this lie and we get up and we pretend to be somebody we're not. And it makes us physically ill. Think about all of the illnesses that we've got going on right now. And nobody really knows a cause. It's just some random label. We don't feel good. We're not emotionally good. We're hiding our truth all the time. And yeah, it makes us sick. Interesting. Fascinating. In fact, I think the the realization of the work that you're doing, Laura, it's, it's um, you, you paint it with a rainbow and sparkly stuff. And, and that's just purely because I love the, the joy behind it that you're putting there, which is very, very cool. But deeper than that, deeper than the, the rainbows and the, the sparkly stuff is a real passion I can feel for helping people find their happiness. I think that's yeah. a really cool uh, journey that you're on. Thank you. I do too. It's, it's been amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Laura, uh, so you guys can check out lauracheetle.com and I'll make sure that that link is with us and you can download Laura's free ebook, which is 15 ways to flaunt today, fall in love with yourself and your life. And uh, you can keep in touch with Laura. And I hope genuinely from my heart that you can take two minutes right now and take some deep breaths and recognize who you are. And, and that is separate from what you do. And also keeping in touch and following along with Laura, making sure that happiness becomes the center of, of what you are, um, really, I think, is, is an exciting adventure to be on. So, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so grateful that you came on board. Oh, thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. And good luck with the next book. Let us know when it comes out. We'd love to hear about it and bring you back on. Oh, I will. That would be fabulous. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. See you soon. Bye-bye. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God, you're awesome. I, do you know what? I... I keep my episodes at around the 30 minute mark because it's just kind of the, the, the model that we put together, but I, I want to stay with you and talk for hours. That was super cool. You, you have really um, discovered something as a calling for yourself, right? I mean, this is, this is something that um, I, I'm impressed by because so many people get to, uh, you know, so much further in their lives and look back with regret at, time spent and the courage that you've had to to chase or to pursue what you're doing now is is inspiring for me thank you so much and and i love that you found that too because the in or the first chapter of my book i can't remember if it's the intro or the first chapter is called the legacy of regret and it's the it's the true story of my two grandmothers who passed away and never really got to live their sparkle and shine and be who they were because they were 50s housewives and you just didn't do that. Wow, that's that's amazing. If you don't mind, that I'm going to include in the podcast because we're still recording. Absolutely. I, that, I, would, I wish I'd uncovered that during the talk. Um, Hi, everyone. It's Walt, and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you, and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there, so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.